Hey, Dad, what do you do when you're out with friends? The waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up, and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge. You grab the bull by the horns. You find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there, and you get to that little clubhouse there, and they've always got the candy bar options, and I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer, and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice-cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. You're listening to DraftKings Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo and Golik. Mike Golik Jr., Mike Golik Sr., Jesse Cofield, holding it down for us in the DraftKings studios in Boston. We are brought to you by Wrangler, made for the ride of life. Save 15% on your first Wrangler.com order using promo code GOJO15. we got a great show for you guys. Download, subscribe, rate, review. Leave us that five-star rating. Watch us here, 8 to 10 a.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday, five days a week. Uh, live on the DraftKings YouTube channel, DraftKingsNetwork.com, and Samsung TV Plus. And follow us at Gojo and Golik on Twitter. Richard Johnson, co-host of Split Zone Duo, an awesome college football podcast and a writer over at SI, going to join us to help break down some of what we saw over a wild weekend, Dad. In college football, there were some great games. In the NFL, we had some awesome games over the weekend that we have to get to. Major League Baseball yeah. provided maybe the best postseason game I've seen since, I don't know, some of the early 2000s Red Sox runs. It was that compelling over the weekend, and the way I consumed it was incredible. But, Dad, I have to ask the most important ah. question of the weekend right off the bat to you. Did you get any of that Eagles throwback gear while you were in Philadelphia for Sunday night football? You were covering it for Westwood One. You and Ryan Radke back doing a great job after a little bit of time apart. You, Dad, who spent your time, the bulk of your NFL career, with this Eagles team. The throwbacks were literally you. Like, it was a tribute to you and your Philadelphia Eagles team. You were a proud alum of that program. I saw you went back when Jordan Davis got drafted. He's wearing 90. You wore 90. It was this awesome moment coming together. And so I figured, man, Dad going back here as a proud Eagles alum is going to walk in with so much gravitas, so much clout, and they're going to shower him with some of the best throw, the best throwback gear in the NFL, the number one jersey in the NFL, the Eagles Kelly Green that they busted out last night. Tell me it's going to be like freaking Christmas when I see you next. Uh, in a word, no. I, yeah, oh. I mean, listen, I was... 
I was on, expecting man. a swag bag, you know, up and I was even talking to Jeffrey Lurie, the owner on the on the field. You know, I thought he was giving me kind of a wink, like, "Hey, you're going to be the next guy in the Ring of Honor." That's sarcasm, people. Okay, okay? Yeah, understand yeah, we'll that. That's sarcasm. Um, like that that, that you know, maybe there'd be some. Hey, we got some, you know, some stuff for you, or would you get some stuff? I mean, this is because I talked to more than a few people down there, and they're like, "Oh man, how great is this for you?" You know, is it bring back memories? I'm like, "Yeah, this is awesome." nothing not a t-shirt nothing not a pair of socks nothing i got squatola on this thing zip and i've done things like you said they asked me to come back to interview jordan davis when he's a first round pick i do that they gave me a nice eagles uh polo then but nothing nothing so I'm hoping they're listening right now and go, yeah. wow, did, did somebody, did this get lost in translation, lost somewhere that just slipped through the cracks on this thing? We got to get gold like a swag bag because it was cool. I mean, listen, the amount of money they made. Oh, my God. Sa- Holy smokes. I mean, there wasn't an, a now jersey, I don't think, in the stands. I think it was all old Kelly Green. It was incredible. By the way, take sight. the hint on that, Jeffrey Lurie, everyone in that current Eagles regime, make it the normal uniform. It's the best uniform, I think, in yeah. in the history of pro football. I'll say it. If I'm ranking the jerseys all time, it's honestly your two teams, Dad. We'll exclude yeah. the Dolphins from this at the end. Right, right. The Kelly Green Eagles and the Houston Oilers jerseys, to me, aesthetics-wise, top two jerseys of all time in the NFL. You can argue over three and everything else. Those are one and two. Those are my undisputed goats. The Kelly Green, seeing it back in person, we got all the rent this offseason didn't do it justice it was incredible it, it was and it, and it looked as, as great as you know you don't realize it when you're playing you're wearing a jersey you know you're out there playing and and it's one of those things do you appreciate it while you're doing it like you know I went to Notre Dame and my brother is saying appreciate it while you're there I tried to tell you guys appreciate it while you're there and everybody does to an extent but do you really you know and when I'm in Philly you know it just you, you know you put on your jersey and you played you know, and, and you don't really realize it. You've been putting on a jersey all your life. And then, man, just to walk down on that field and see the players out there, it was even I, I was talking to uh, Jason Kelsey before the right before the game when they started uh, pregame, and he he's even like, bring back some memories for you here. And I'm like, man, I said just just that eagle on the on the on the shoulder. It's just. It was just so cool, you know. He gave that little smile, and then you know he went out and 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 pregames berserk like. So did you I mean, do just, what I told you to do and ask him, "Hey, how's everything going with your brother?" Pretty crazy, man. and then just leave it. I gave you instructions. Did you follow them, dude? It's thirty seconds before he's about okay. to start his pregame. He's a professional. The dude like shakes during pregame. He pregames so hard, like he's playing a game. <laughs> and I've known that about him because I've covered this team before, and I normally talk to him because it's right by the tunnel where I go back up to the booth where the old line pra- uh, warms up. I talk to their old line coach and a couple other guys, and then Jason will come by and we'll, we'll chat for. 10, 15 seconds, and then he goes and, you know, starts frothing at the mouth. I'm not, I'm not starting a long-term conversation with this guy. I don't need him flipping out on me and jacking me up. So it was, uh, hey, how you doing? You know, how's the family? You know, he's had a, a, a third child, and and he was like, great, thanks. You know, these jerseys bring back memories, and that was it. I'm not going any further with that. I'm not doing any, any, any I- Taylor Swift stuff. 
with his brother? No. No, fine. the man's getting in- ready to play a game. You're not interested in doing real journalism. I no, get it. That's no, fine. You'd no. much rather talk about the football game that, oh, by the way, the Eagles won yeah. 31-17 and managed to hold this Dolphins offense. Because, Dad, remember, seven of those points for the Miami Dolphins came on the Jalen Hurts yes. ball don't lie yep. pick six that we saw in the midst of this game. And so when you look at this game now and this final score, everyone needs to realize – they held the Dolphins' offense to 10 points. Yes, in this they did. Game. The high-flying Dolphins' offense that we put, saw put up 70 points that could have set the record for points in a game got held to 10 points on the road. Dad, you were in the building. How did the Eagles' defense manage to pull this off? I, I Listen, the, the, the front four is just monstrous. Absolutely. Sean Desai, the D coordinator, he doesn't blitz a lot. You know why? Because he doesn't <laughs> have to. I mean, the rotate, and it really, and I don't want to keep bringing up my era when I was there, but one of the things that made our defense great, listen, we had great players littered throughout, but we had depth on the D line where you keep rolling players in. The depth on this D line, Mike, is ridiculous, of who, and most, they're mostly players from Georgia. Yes, I mean, it I, was I, Georgia I, yes. and Alabama playing yes. football against each other yet again last night based on the breakdown of nearly every player on the field. I mean, and Eagles represent, <laughs> especially in the front seven, the Georgia faction. You just sit there for most of it and watch them on third down in a passing situation. Just line up four. Don't even try to put anybody up there. Then occasionally they'll throw a linebacker up there or two, but they're both dropping out. I mean, they're not fooling anybody. I think they set an extra person maybe once or twice it, it, because they could get pressure and if you can get pressure with four and drop seven and I said before the game I said you don't want to get beat deep which one of the uh, ones they uh, touchdowns for Miami they did when Tyreek Hill does a little stutter step at the line of scrimmage and then by the third step he is at full speed I can't imagine what it's got to be like for a DB when you see this guy hit full speed and run by you and you know there's not a damn thing you can do about it and they got the touchdown that way other than that it was like don't get beat deep Keep it in front of you and make the tackles. Don't let them get the yards after the catch. And they did a nice job of it. Kept guys in front, made the receivers who caught it short and medium, though Miami had a lot of really success on the middle of the field on in routes, a whole lot. But those were passes that you were going to catch. You weren't going to get a lot of yards after the catch, but they, they were making them for a bit. But Philly did a great job getting pressure, and then making the tackles, the guys just stutter-stepping with the receivers, making them go east and west, not north and south, until their buddies came. And then on offense, Mike, the scoring drives for Philadelphia, 12 plays, 9 plays, 12 plays, 8 plays. And then in the fourth quarter, when they had to run the clock down, 13 plays, 83 yards, 635 when they get their their last touchdown with about four minutes to go in the game. I mean, they just controlled the ball. And so Philly is doing now what they did to get to the Super Bowl. And Miami, there's all this hype, because Ryan Radke and I were talking about this during the game, of the expectation. And the expectation is for Philly to find their groove and what they've done to get where they've been. And for Miami to have to continually prove it and say, okay, I mean, you look at the boards we get, and it has the rankings and everything. And, I mean, pick an offensive category, they're number one, right? So the expectation is that they win and they get where they haven't been. So they still have to prove that. And this was a game where they didn't. 
This Philadelphia Eagle defense, credit them. They held Miami to under 250 yards. That's now four out of the last five games that they have held the opponent under 250 yards. So big credit to this defense. The offense doing what they do. Again, balanced offense. And then you get the brotherly shove. I mean, yeah. we, we spent time up there trying to, de- to, de- to figure out how you can defend this thing. I want to talk about that in a second because we heard Nick Sirianni bring this up after the game, and it, it is now become eerily similar to something, Dad, you know very well. But with this Eagles defense and with the offense too, it's a simplified equation for football. It is trench brutality from this team. Yes. It's what you mentioned there. This is what we saw, and we talked about this last week when you got, all right, you had Jordan Davis and all those guys coming back. We saw Nolan Smith show up in the game. James yes. Carter was back <laughs> after that ankle injury that caused him to miss last week that was huge on the inside. And when you can do what they do on both lines of scrimmage, everything else becomes easier. They get a high margin for error. They had two turnovers in this game. There were two interceptions right. by right. Jalen Hurts, one of which led to the three points that made 10 for the offense for Miami, and the other one led directly to points with the pick six and they still managed to win this game in decided fashion because they've got a massive margin for error when you can do what they do and that was the hallmark and the calling card of last year versus Miami where it requires more precision it requires more things to go right and for you to work precisely they did that breakdown dad uh coming off of the turnover by Philadelphia of Tua Tungavailoa in the backfield doing that behind the back pass to Tyree on that little motion Timing and precision, that's the hallmark of this offense right. for the Miami Dolphins in addition to all that speed. And yet on the other side, the Eagles just get to walk up there and beat the unholy hell out of you. Jesse, do we have that sound of Nick Sirianni talking about the brotherly shove? We sure do. I mean, guys, they went four for four on fourth downs. All yeah. the tush pushes worked, right? Okay. And Nick Sirianni <laughs> had some choice words for everybody who cannot stop talking about the brotherly shove. First and nine every down. You know, every first down is first and nine. Um, knowing that if you get the fourth, fourth and one, um, shoot, a lot of faith in that play. Um, just, be, you know, yeah. So um, it, it was awesome. Again, just Jason Kelsey starts it off. Jalen Hurts, uh, you know, is right there. You know, haven't been able to drive because you've seen it, right? You've seen it across the league that people can't do it like we can do it. They can't do it like we can do it, and uh, and so I'm making my plug right there. Like, don't don't ban this play. Like, if everyone could do it, everybody would. Where's the camera? If everybody could do it, everybody would do it. I love that he's like, "Where's the camera? Let me just say this to everybody." Like, he, you yeah, watch it week after week, yeah. yeah. And and he's right. People, if everybody could do it, they would do it. If everybody could, they would, and it'd be one thing for another team to have some success. To be able to pull it off sometimes would be, at this point, seemingly miraculous, considering the Giants are hurting themselves anytime they try and run it. But, Dad, the point it's gotten with this Eagles team, we're now fourth and one on their own 25, on their own 30-yard line. Well, it doesn't matter. I-, I saw Mina Kimes tweet this last night, and I'm curious because the comparison that came up for me was almost immediate, and it's something you've experienced. Mina said it has to be mentally exhausting for defenses to know they've got to hold this offense to eight yards on the first three downs. Dad, everyone in the NFL is now playing Navy, 
every week when they play the yeah. Philadelphia Eagles. They're playing a souped-up Navy team because you know this. Even as a fan, when I watched, or you know, as a player across the sideline in the other field on offense, when I watch our defense at Notre Dame go up against the service academies, it's a different thing in your brain where you know, hey, if they get it to fourth and short at all, they're going for it because that's how they're wired right now with this Eagles team. Part of the reason you had those extendo drives that you just talked about is because they've got a game breaker and their football math is different than everybody else's right now. And they've completely broken the way that we normally think about what you've got to accomplish, what success looks like as a defense down in and down out because they've got an answer that nobody else has. So it was pretty – you mentioned like in their own territory, and they did that in the fourth quarter. There was still, you know, a decent amount of time left, and it was fourth and one, I think, on like inside their 30. And they started running the punt team on, and the fans started booing, yeah. right? And and there was a timeout, and then he sent the offense back on, and I was saying, boy, must Nick must be listening to the fans out there because they weren't happy, and then the offense went back out. They run the play. Next set of downs, we see where A.J. Brown's catching the ball. We're like, he's short again. Here it comes. And they run it again. Next set of downs, right around the 50-yard line, it would have been a third and one or a fourth and one again, but there was an offside, so they got the first down, but they would have done it again. It, it, and, and we Yeah, they had talk- a false start on that one. Remember the offsetting yep. penalties on the defense and offense, and they just trotted them back out there and did it again, too. It's right, inevitable. Right. They, they both lined up off in the neutral zone. They both lined up offside, so it negated, and they just that, – that's the damning thing about it because you make the comparison to the triple option of playing Navy, and I get it, but there there's still three choices, right? You know you're going to get the triple option, but True. you could have the fullback run it, you could have the quarterback keep it, or you could pitch it. So you still have to play your responsibility. What the hell do you do here? So that was my, my thought is, okay – Everything gets figured out eventually. The dominant defense for a while in the NFL is the 46 defense with Buddy Ryan, right? With Chicago Bears, and then he brought it to Philadelphia, and it dominated. Then you figure out what you're going to do against it. There have been other things in the NFL, both offensively and defensively, that that take over for a while and then get figured out. I For Philadelphia, and, and Nick Sirianni's right, because it's not like nobody else tries it. They just can't do it. Because nobody other has they other teams might have big quarterbacks, but not ones that can squat six hundred pounds. And you have Dallas Goddard pushing, and you have AJ Brown pushing from behind. Here's the thing: if you want to do something on defense, the problem is you can't practice it because you're not yeah. going full go and practice to see how it works. But the one thing I'm telling you, you can't do that. Teams continue to do is leave their feet. Linebackers try and jump over the top, and all you do, you might as well be on a surfboard on the top of a wave because that's what's going to happen. You lose all your leverage as soon as you jump. I almost think, Mike, and and you might as well try something different because nothing's working. I almost feel like the linebackers should be behind the D-line it's got to be like them. a rugby scrum. It's got to be exactly like a legitimate right. rugby scrum because exactly that's what the right. Eagles are doing on the other yes. side. So push from that side. Bring the safeties up and push as well. You cannot leave your feet. If you leave your feet, you will not succeed in this. And, and even when you don't, you may not succeed. I, I, You know me. I hate when you get to aid the runner in any point at all. Sure. But I, I almost don't want to see them outlaw this because I want to see eventually how it gets stopped. Yeah, well, I think outlawing something because one team is good at it is cowardice, and so that would be a cowardly move from the NFL. I agree with you there. 
The other thing that people mentioned, though, when he started is Jason Kelsey and Jalen Hurts. Jason Kelsey said in his podcast, it's a miserable play for him to run. Oh, a horrible watch, play. Watch him on any of those plays and where he ends up and how his body's contorted. For a guy that we know openly, you know, openly now that we've seen the documentary, contemplated retirement last year. And, oh, by the way, Dad, in this game, Jalen Hurts strapped a knee brace on that knee in yeah. the second half. Yeah. And so yeah. those are all things as you think about how to stop this it might eventually stop itself if the wear and tear continues to be what it is on the most important guys in that play. Because I can tell you as someone who used to snap the football, I am in awe that Jason Kelsey can get that low and still yeah. get the ball up to his quarterback while trying to be the wedge in there. You see, he usually picks a side on the defense up front because you're just trying to find a guy to be that first wedge through whatever the gap is on the defense right. so the rest of your guys can put you through. Being the wedge isn't fun. Go out and do that with a piece of wood. I don't know if the wedge is having a good time and so for those two their bodies to be able to hold up over the course of this is as impressive as any part of this and it's why it doesn't deserve to be stopped because they're going out there and putting it on the line listen jason kelsey is listed at 295 we both know he's not oh. 295 and we both know by the end of the year he's probably in the 270s or yeah. 280s tops so for him to be the focal point of that now you got landon dickerson on the left who is a hoss i mean that dude almost looks like he gets bigger every time I cover Philadelphia. So he is a monster. And it's like Jason Kelsey, go back to the old-time Oklahoma film decades ago when they were running the option, when the O-linemen were in four-point stances. That's what Jason Kelsey – Jason Kelsey gets down in a four-point stance uh, to run this thing. It is incredible, and right now it is absolutely unstoppable. Right now we have to ask the question, and at Gojo and Golick on Twitter, we'll ask it to everyone listening too because we got to re-up this week. We anointed the Lions last week, and they went out and got dropped, which we'll talk about. So we got to figure out, are the Eagles now the best team in football? And if not, who is? Coming up next, we will get to more of the sights and sounds of the NFL weekend here on Gojo and Golick. All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister U.S., White Plains, New York. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. It's time for Miked Up Mondays, brought to you by Wrangler. Made for the ride of life. Save 15% on your first Wrangler.com order with promo code GOJO15. Well, I don't think anybody had the Patriots beating the Bills on their bingo card, but here we are. Bill Belichick picked up his 300th win in thrilling fashion. Mac Jones was the hero, winning drive with 12 seconds left. He connects with Mike Kosicki on uh, National Tight Ends Day. Here we go. And here he was after the upset win, feeling good. Well, I always believe in myself. Um, I have a lot of confidence in myself, and 
I'm not going to sit up here and say it every time, but I do believe in myself, and I do that through work and, and all that stuff. And um, you know, that's why football is the greatest team sport. It's it's the quarterback. You know, they go. You go as your quarterback goes. So for me, just continuing to be the same guy every day and just be Mac. Just continue to do it. Like I said, it's just a crumb, and just keep picking up those crumbs, and eventually you have a whole whole loaf of bread. So <laughs> that's my goal. Uh, just continue to work, continue to uh, be Mac. Like I said, and. Um, it's just one game, right? Uh, you know, I always say that, regardless of the results. So, gotta you know do it again. Gotta uh, fight every day and practice hard. Giving big Hansel and Gretel vibes out here. Did, up did he bread. say? Did he say continue? <laughs> did he say continue to be Mac? I said, yeah, just continue that, to be Mac, baby. And and the bread, Mac, well, Mac. He had you know twenty five of thirty two seventy two, a couple of touchdowns, didn't turn the ball over. I still Being think Mac. he's playing. I still think he's playing for his. Is he going to be the quarterback of the future uh, a Patriot live? Um, but it was a great showing. Listen, you can say nothing more than that. It's a great showing. That this was this was a bit of a stunner. So who is the best team in the AFC East now, I think becomes an interesting question because you look at the way that this has gone. I think most people would assume, hey, it's the Dolphins or the Bills. The Bills have the head-to-head win over the Dolphins, so they'd probably give them credence. But, Dad, this is becoming a Bills team that's seemingly harder and harder to trust in moments like this when you see some of the bad Josh Allen pop up. I mean, a, a turnover, a pass, in, or excuse me, an interception on the very first offensive play of the game for the Bills was kind of emblematic of what became of the day. I would probably – I'd probably still lean toward the Dolphins just because of their – the ability and the possibility of, of hitting scores quickly, though, as we just talked about last night, their offense just put up 10 points in that game. But just their ability to do that. Now, their defense has to come along for the ride and start playing a little better um, for them. But now, all of a sudden, I mean, it's – so I would probably lean toward them. And, and what we were saying was such a deeper, tight AFC. I mean, we're starting to see Kansas City separate, right? Well, I mean, because Cincinnati hasn't come back to what, what we expected just yet. The Ravens Buffalo, yesterday would like a word. Oh, you know what? You're, you're absolutely right. But again, Kansas City's been consistent. Yeah. The Ravens were phenomenal yesterday. But let's get the consistency train rolling there as well. But they were incredible. In the AFC East, I'd probably still, on their best day, say Buffalo. The thing that worries me with the Dolphins is for all the high-flying escapades, you got three starting offensive linemen yeah, that were yeah. out in that game last yeah. night. And we've seen the way you beat them is having a competent front four on defense that can handle business in the box, and that becomes even harder for the Dolphins to handle when you're dealing with backups along that offensive line. And so that's a difficult thing that I worry about with them because they're like a sports car. Rock pops up yeah. into the engine, all of a sudden you got to worry versus that team in Philadelphia that's driving over there with a Mad Max Fury Road monster truck that can eat whatever you put in its path. The analogy is is spot on. It is spot on there without question. So, and, and what happens is there are going to, there's a 100% chance you're going to have guys hurt during the year. 100%. Yep. It's not if, it's when. So, can they get that O-line healthy by the time, you know, to make a run, Right. You know, whether it's, you know, three quarters of the way through the season, don't lose too much, you know, back, but yet Buffalo lose as well. So obviously you, you don't lose traction there. And then be healthy when it counts the most. It's just about getting in. Now, with the top teams, we sit there and talk about, you know, home field advantage, though Patrick Mahomes may never play a playoff game. Oh, he still hasn't played a playoff road, game yeah. away from, uh, on the road. It's, it's ridiculous. So 
how quickly or when can you be healed up to be at your the best strength you're going to be for your run? We got a reminder this weekend also, Bill Belichick can still coach. He got his 300th career win in this game. Uh, and, Dad, put together an awesome game plan there. You got some good performances on offense from Demario Douglas, who looked quicker than all hell out there. The defense gave Buffalo a lot of problems up front, so congratulations to Bill Belichick. That guy can still get it done. But let's get on to our next bit of sound here. Uh, we've got Dan Campbell, as we mentioned. That uh, Baltimore Ravens team looked incredible this weekend. This was Dan Campbell digesting the loss that they suffered. Frustrating, you know, it is. But ultimately, hey, man, things happen for a reason. The good Lord never gives us anything we can't handle, and, and, uh, and so we probably needed it. You don't want these to happen, but it, when it does, it recenters you. It refocuses you, and, and, uh, and that's all I know. Um, I don't want it to happen. Nobody wants to happen. Nobody likes to look over there and watch them having a great time because they kicked our ass. Nobody thinks that's fun. But, but I know that motivates me for next week. It motivates our team. So um, I know that you'll, you'll do any and everything you can not to have that feeling again. So that's all I mean by that. I know everybody's going to be like, how can you say that? How can you say it's okay to lose? And that's not what I'm saying. All right. Um, so it's here. It happened. Um, it'll motivate us moving forward, and, and the shame would be if we don't uh, use this to get better for next week, and it bleeds over into the Raiders. That that would be the ultimate shame. Oh, the, yeah. the poor Raiders. I was the, the say, poor, man. Listen, the next few games for them, Raiders, Chargers, Bears, Packers, Saints, Bears, Broncos. I mean, it's laid out for them if they play ball the way we think they can play ball of getting wins. Listening to Dan Campbell, tell me if you can imagine this, Mike, what he said. I imagine Dan Campbell standing in the middle of an MM, MMA ring yep. after getting battered by somebody and being interviewed after with blood pouring down his face saying, yeah, this is going to recenter me. You know what? Okay, this is good. I'm, I'm going to be great after this because I could just fathom that him saying that with blood pouring down his face and now saying it for his team. Not shocking at all out of Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell seems like he would be very at home covering yeah. his own blood or somebody <laughs> else's blood. It doesn't exactly. matter whose blood it is. Yeah. You can cover that man in blood. That that was what they were covered in their own blood yesterday. The Ravens yeah, they scored were. four touchdowns before the Lions had a first down. And, Dad, the surprising part to me wasn't as much what the Ravens' defense did. Now, the Lions have a really good offensive line that the Ravens had five sacks against, but the Ravens came into this game leading the NFL with 24 sacks. They'd gotten after the passer. They did it with multiple guys. That was no difference in this game. Lamar Jackson and this Ravens offense finally seemed to meld more with the Todd Munkin vision that a lot of us had in mind. We even got yes. Patrick Ricard's longest reception from scrimmage. The fullback human tank got vertical down the field. That's how good things were going for the Ravens on offense. Dad, if this is the version that shows up more against a much improved Lions defense that we've talked about, they are firmly in the conversation for best team in the NFL currently, which is apparently the worst place you can be because every week for the last four weeks we've anointed a team they immediately go out and lose yes yeah, yeah th but but this this is the Todd Munkin way that he wants pass for 357 Lamar only carries nine times for 36 yards that's what they want Lamar's gonna have to run more for them to get where they want to go but this is kind of the blueprint we were expecting absolutely let's get to one more Jesse what's the last bit of sound we got here 
Yeah, Commanders suffered a brutal 14-7 loss to the Giants on Sunday. Two teams combined for 18 punts, the most in a game this entire season. It was painful to watch this. And when he was asked about it after the game, Jonathan Allen did not hold back. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of this bull. Been seven years of the same. I'm tired of this. What can you do now going forward to get it turned around? Get our minds right and get ready to play for Philadelphia. I mean, oh bleep, 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 bleep. That's just another to, guy. Oh, boy. Yeah. oh boy. I do not want to yeah. be on the receiving How, end. Of, now, yeah. granted, saying that and then being like, oh, we got to play yeah. Philadelphia had to be a yeah. real gut check moment for him where it's like, <laughs> oh, God. It. Oh, no. So, so true. But listen, defensively, I mean, they held the Giants to 14 points, right? So you're looking over at the offense where Sam Howell, between Sam Howell being young and holding the ball too long at times and that O-line getting destroyed, this dude, I don't know if he's going to make it through the season for all the hits he's taken. Yeah, it's been brutal, and that's why I'm amazed that people are going to jump to make this about Daniel Jones. Tyrod Taylor helped the offense end a 205-minute scoreless streak in this game, getting a touchdown on the board. And Tyrod's done what he's done. He's one of the most capable backups in the league and a guy who's played a lot of good football. But the offense isn't the reason they've no. won this week or looked good last week no. against Buffalo. It's because the defense remembered who they were again, held the commanders to 273, held the Bills to 297. They have been difference makers on defense yet again, and that's why the Giants can all of a sudden raise their heads high. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, Boston fans, we feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Things are popping off in MLB. Welcome back to Gojo and Golik. So we got a Game 7 coming in the American League Championship Series. So we had the Rangers forcing this one. They had a 9-2 win over Houston. Adolis Garcia, grand slam in the ninth to blow the game open. Okay, Nathan Evaldi, listen to this, allowed two runs over six and a third innings, became the only the third pitcher ever to collect Eight wins in his first 10 postseason starts. And now we have, as you can see, the epic tweet from MLB. Oh, yeah. The moment we've all been waiting for. The two best words in sports. Game seven, fellas. Oh, I really, we do need to do a deep dive at some point. Are those actually the two best words in sports? No. Oh, I don't know. Game sevens in baseball and or hockey uh, are are just because the the great, I, I, listen, do we all agree the greatest thing in sports is overtime hockey? 
where uh, you just you just keep playing, keep playing, keep the, playing. The I greatest mean, thing me, in sports is the thick six, where a big old fatty oh gets themselves okay. a tutty in football. That is, those are the two thick six, the two best words in sports. Game <laughs> seven, um, I think deserving second place. Whatever. Well, I, I, you know, what, I mean, if we're gonna do hyperbole. Looking at this from over the weekend, because now we've got Game 7, we got Game 6, and Garcia had the Grand Slam in the ninth right, that blew right. things open. But, Dad, going back to Game 5 of this series yeah. that happened over the weekend, might have been the best postseason baseball game I've we've seen in years. I, I can't think of one that's a close comp for the drama that we got in that game. The fact that you had Garcia hit another monster home run in the right. sixth inning of that game that cracked things open there and yep. pimped that home run. Yeah, he did. I hope I get something I accomplish in my life that I can choose to celebrate in that way because that man saw an opportunity to stunt and he stunted. And then two innings later, Brian Abreu decided he was going to plunk him, or we think. So he gets oh, hit. Oh, come on. He well, plunked him. Yeah, I mean, you look, you look at the situation in that game, Dad. It was a two-run game. There was a yeah. runner on first and no one out. And yeah. so as his teammates pointed out, that's not exactly the spot no, that you'd not. like to just give no. them an easy shot shot which is why you could argue but contextually it's hard to look at that and right, think it right. wasn't retaliation which again is in infinitely dumb for a makes whole no bunch sense. of reasons Just makes no sense but did Agreed. happen in that moment and ended with garcia getting tossed abreu getting tossed which could now yeah. affect game seven he's exactly. getting heard today for a two-game suspension and dusty baker who for a while looked like he was going to pose a sit-in in that dugout and not actually leave when he was ejected that old man wore that guy out in the best way possible watching dusty baker get ejected was one of the highlights of my weekend oh without question but but i'm with you you know so that's what makes you wonder about that pitch because why would you do that? In the, you wouldn't do that in the postseason. Nothing makes sense of doing it in a postseason where you can possibly miss a game. And as we said, you got the pitch because you appeal. So until the appeal is heard, you play. So now the appeal happens and could it cost them, which would be ridiculous. So I get what they're saying from their side. Bottom line is Garcia is, is the story again here as it was a one-run game and then a two-run game, and then they go for five in the ninth, including Garcia, who struck out the previous four times up and was getting booed, was getting booed. You know, and then it's the grand slam in the ninth. It, it is interesting. Dad, I don't know how you feel about this overall because now we get game seven and it is – everyone's worst nightmare the Houston Astros this team that is so hated in baseball it is in his seventh straight ALCS and is looking at another World Series appearance here in game five after that whole ruckus or brouhaha uh, Donnie Brook whatever you want to call it I think we use Donnie Brook just mostly for hockey but yeah either way yeah. after that dust up I was watching that on a flight on a plane with the guy next to me in my seat and we took off we got to see one batter right after that and the Astros were still losing at that point and we landed and we found out that Jose Altuve who's now a hundred games deep in his postseason career just the seventh player in major league history to play a hundred postseason games got went out and jacked that home run to win it the uh grand, it was a grand slam or a three one sh run shot in that game either way in three run shot incredibly clutch moment from one of the best postseason baseball players of my lifetime and probably all time is probably going to go out here and mash some very important dinger tonight that douses everybody's dreams up in flames and sends them to another world series because like it or not like thanos the houston astros appear inevitable yet again
I like Dusty Baker about the hearing. The, the, the hearing is today before John McHale Jr., Special Assistant Commissioner Rob Manfred. Uh, Baker, this could be a huge blow. You wish you had some final decision about his status, so we took a shot there. Hopefully some of this will be postponed and we'll have him tomorrow as well. Just can't honestly, just keep, post, keep postponing and let him play, right? Honestly, I'd have no problem with it. Oh, like, me I understood either. having to throw everybody out there. I hate the idea that it might actually affect the yeah. outcome of this series yeah. because while I think it's a dumb way to go about retaliation, me too. if you want to me retaliate, too. Get out there and do it like the hockey guys and just throw hands. Like, find I, a way to do that. But plunking a guy with a baseball, we've had this discussion before. It's something that, you know, in here it hit him in, like, the shoulder blade or right in the middle of the yeah, back. Yeah. But if you catch some guy at the head or the wrong place, we're talking about things infinitely more serious. And you're 60 feet away or whatever the hell it is. It does not feel nearly as intimidating as actually going out there and having to handle business yourself. But the bottom line is, I don't think you should miss time for what went on there. The old baseball people love it and accept this as oh, part yeah, of the game. Yeah, the last yeah. thing I want to do is him, Abreu, actually have his absence swing the balance of the series to where now all of a sudden there's excuses and all these things that people can hold over this. I, I agree. And listen, this has been talked about for as long as I've been doing doing shows as well. As the game has progressed, the younger players, the bat flips, the showboating a little more. I've always been like, man, if you want to stunt a little bit, go ahead. I mean, come on. It is a game. You hit a home run or something in a big moment. You know, the, the, the old idea of drop the bat, put your head down and run around the bases. Give me a break. I mean, celebrate a little bit, and then to go up the next time and get plunked for it. I would say if you don't like it, you know what? Just say when the guy gets up to the plate, let's fight. Come on, and let's just go one-on-one instead of me throwing this hard round thing at you and possibly hit you in the head. I mean, I think it's, I think it's a joke, quite honestly. I mean, I know the old-timers love it and say, that's baseball justice, but give me, give me a break. It, it gets ridiculous. It, it, it does. I completely agree. I did enjoy that Garcia immediately went, because him and the catcher had beef. And yes, he yes, right to him. He did. And the broadcast yeah. did a phenomenal yeah. job of reminding us of all these instances in the past between these particular yep. teams and players. And so there was a lot of exciting fireworks in that series, Dad, that everyone's certainly going to be dialed into. And then, of course, you've got tonight. The Phillies taking on the Diamondbacks, trying to go uh, and complete, still being undefeated at home. They're 6-0 and at home in this postseason. And in Game 5, Bryce Harper became just the second player in postseason history to steal home and hit a home run in that game. This Phillies team continues to find and invent new ways to be clutch, especially when it involves hit- hitting your balls over the fence. Dad, I know we're very brotherly love e coming off your trip back to philly what the eagles did to the dolphins last night i can honestly say i'm rooting for philly on here we grew up in Arizona. i mean if there was one baseball team i might be able to fake having an affinity for it's the diamondbacks because we came up there as that team was getting going when it was bank one ballpark and when you were working locally at kgme in arizona but that being said it has been impossible not to love this Philadelphia Phillies team. I really get to hope we get to see more baseball from them on the World Series stage. Listen, at the end of the day, what do people love most about baseball? Mashing dingers, right? Hell yeah. And that's brother. what they do. That's what they do, man. Time and time and time again. And people love, love to see it. So they got to listen, Philadelphia being here the last couple of days, I mean, they, I, you, the one thing you saw is people in Kelly Green football jerseys. And a lot of them were wearing Phillies hats 
to go along with it. They were mixing and matching uh, their team. It's that because, time, baby. It's exactly right, man. I mean, that is exactly right. So they are loving it out here right now because they got a ton to cheer for and a great guy to cheer around and someone like Bryce Harper, right, who's making more money than people will ever see in their lives, but he still feels like this gritty, down-to-earth, blue-collar, you know, I'll be in the, in, in the foxhole with you type of guy. It's been amazing what he means to that team. And that's what you're kind of relying on right now are the stars on each team to lift you in those big moments. For those of us that were just role players on the teams that we were a part of, having those guys that you can really count on makes a world of difference here. That's why it's going to be interesting, Dad. We talk about in the other series as well. You're going to get Max Scherzer on the mound yeah. in this final game who got beat up the last yes, time that did. we saw him out there. And yet the way his teammates talk about him is still the utmost confidence that they have a player of his caliber being back healthy, being ready to go for some high-stakes postseason baseball. We'll be back with our all-weekend team next here on Gojo and Golick. Welcome back to Gojo and Golick. On this Monday morning, it's time for the guys to take a look back at the weekend and tip their hats to their all weekend team. So we're gonna have honorable mention, second team, first team. And before I toss it over to the guys, I'll just say that I get all of those awards for my weekend team because I was alone with a toddler all weekend. So well, congrats got, yeah, to God, me. God gives his toughest battle to you, his strongest soldier. How'd you, what was the most harrowing part of the weekend for you, Jesse? As you are right, the MVP of our yes. all weekend team. It rained the entire day on oh, Saturday. And wow. we went to Whole Foods two times. We went to CVS. I mean, I was just driving around to different stores. I was buying her whatever she wanted in the grocery store. So that was kind of my manic moment. So is that the thing? And by the way, you have a toddler and carrying another child. So, oh, yes. I mean, it's like, I mean, come on. Um, is it a, is it a situation? Now, this is what we do as guys is no matter, you know, when we're alone with our kids, we do what you give them whatever they want where moms still try and be persistent. But if it's now raining and you're trapped inside, it's just like you throw whatever atoms that's going to make them happy. I did turn on Miss Rachel. I, I, you know, you sometimes yeah, you go. have to do it in order to yep. keep your own sanity. You got to find a way. Got to find, find a way. way. Find um, a way. You found a way, made it happen. That's why you're the captain and the MVP of the all-weekend team here. Dad, let's get to our all-weekend teams. We've got honorable mention, second team, and first team, like Jesse said. Uh, let's start off with honorable mention here, and I, I'm – I'm probably going to end up flipping these. I wrote them down, and then the more I talked it out, it didn't make sense in my head. So I had my honorable mention as Kyle Whittingham and the Utah Utes. I think I'm going to have them moved up to second team after beating USC for the fourth straight time and Dad continuing to do it without their starting quarterback in Cam Rising, who they announced after this game was going to be shut down for the season after the knee injury he suffered last year in their bowl game. Bryson Barnes went out here and was the man that made it happen for Utah. They also moonlight a safety at running back, and just in general, Dad, they've had dominance in this conference and over this yep. particular team since you got Lincoln Riley into town. It's been remarkable. Kyle Whittingham, one of the best coaches in college football and has forged one of the most consistent and dependable identities in the sport with this Utah team. Yeah, let me, and, and the Pac-12 always mucks each other up, right? And to, to find themselves looking on the outside, looking in at the end. But uh, I, I think they're going to get one in this year. 
Uh, and I think it's going to be Washington. I said that early on. We'll, we'll obviously see. My honorable mention is going to go to J.J. McCarthy, the quarterback for Michigan. And, and we're still waiting for them to play that, that tough game, right? They have Penn State coming up in a couple of games, though Penn State seems to have a real issue in throwing the ball downfield, so I don't know how much of a game that's going to be, and then Ohio State. But congratulations, J.J. McCarthy. You are now the favorite to win the Heisman. It had been Caleb Williams. It had been Michael Penix. Now we have a new leader in the clubhouse. According to DraftKings Sportsbook, J.J. McCarthy is plus 240. He is in the lead now. Next is Michael Penix at plus 320. Caleb Williams has dropped down to 246, a tenth at plus 8,000. So he is out of it. And so my honorable mention goes to J.J. McCarthy, who is your leader in the clubhouse right now. He's out of it right now, and I think it's going to be difficult for Caleb to repeat at this point. But that being oh, yeah. said, you know, I, I saw Acho tweet, and everybody got up in arms during the game when he suggested that Caleb Williams should shit, sit out for the rest of the season. But you, you look at the way it's set up for them, Dad. Their other loss being to Notre Dame makes it an out-of-conference loss, so they're by no means out of the Pac-12 race in any of the things that are coming up, even if we don't believe their team right now is capable of winning those with no. the defense they've got in the offense. But I say all that is to say there's too much at stake. Caleb Williams isn't actually going to sit out right now, even though we've no, heard he's not. some interesting quotes out of his camp about his football future. I, I don't think it's going to come to that point yet. We understand those are decisions that are more and more a part of the sport, but it also is a reminder that this USC team doesn't have just soul-searching to do for the offense season especially related to their d coordinator alex grinch but to the right now because they are still even though we don't believe it in the mix for a very competitive pac-12 yeah they still have i believe washington and oregon on their schedule yeah so let me just say they're out (laughs) they're out it's going to be a tough one there. The Heisman, as open as it's ever been, though, J.G. McCarthy's yep. Michigan yep. really won't have a chance to show their wares until later on, as we talked about the way their schedule has been set up. Uh, Dad, all weekend second team, which I said now really should be honorable mention. I'll give it to Tyrod Taylor. Like He did snap a 205-minute scoreless streak for that Giants offense. He did help them get a win in the division right now. And Tyrod Taylor, whose football career has had so many ups and downs, the incident with the Chargers that led to uh, Justin Herbert ultimately being named the starter when you've got a staffer there that pops his lung while doing treatment mm-hmm. all leads to a guy that's still one of the most dependable players in football has had amazing career longevity and just I, I I'm impressed every time you see Tyrod Taylor out there and he even said after the game when Daniel Jones comes back he is our captain and our starter and I am willing to do whatever it takes to help this football team there are a few people you want in the foxhole with you more than Tyrod Taylor yeah Tyrod he is one of the the better certainly backups that you can trust in this league without question. Uh, my second teamer is going to go to James Madison. Congratulations to them. They're 7-0, and ranked 25th in the AP poll, undefeated. Yet, Mike, I mean, the, the rules that are going to be keeping them out at the end of the season. Oh, this I is know. Their second, this is their second year transferring from FCS to FBS. And there is a two-year waiting period, of which, as I said, they're in the second year of it, where they are ineligible for postseason play. Forget, you know, any kind of high ranking, but for any bowl game, they're like in reserve for the 41 bowl games that are out there. So that's 82 teams. There, There's no room for them if those slots are filled. They can't, they can go undefeated and not be in a bowl, which is a joke. And remember, the Fiesta Bowl holds one of their spots for the top rated group of five, which they are in now in the Sun Belt, but they are not eligible for any of that. 
I, and and they've they've petitioned the NCA for a waiver on their second year of this, of which they're in now to say, hey, you know, we're playing all FBS teams. Let us, you know, let us let us get involved in this. And of course, the NCAA, you know, is a no, 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 no. Oh, you're yeah. not going to do that. So I, I I find that amazing. They're, they were eight and three last year. Their first year, you know, tra- you know, moving over to FBS. Now they're in the second year, undefeated in the Sun Belt, and they can't, and they have to wait and see if they can get to a bowl game. That is a joke, but congrats to them for their season so far. It is yet another moment where the NCAA looks completely oh. nonsensical, but tell you who doesn't look nonsensical, Kurt Signetti and that outfit have been sensational yep. for a while. They were great at the FCS level. I got to cover them during the FCS postseason in the pandemic, but what they've done in the move to D1 has been nothing short of exemplary. They've been an awesome team to watch, so congratulations to them. Hopefully at some point we'll have leadership that will actually allow for the good things in college football to be rewarded. But dad, speaking of people being rewarded, let's get to the first team all weekend team. I I was overwhelmed and so happy for Tony Elliott, the head coach of the Virginia Cavaliers got a mat biggest up. One of the biggest upset wins of the weekend, taking down North Carolina who had been previously undefeated rolling in off a big win. They went in there and beat him up. That just looked like a good football team. It wasn't fluky. There wasn't a bunch of wild stuff that happened. Virginia played good football and went out there and beat North Carolina in that game. And dad, the road from where they started when Tony Elliott took over to here. Remember, this is a team that lost three of their team. Devin Chandler, Lavelle Davis Jr., right. Deshaun Perry yeah, were tragically yeah. shot and killed returning to campus from a field trip back. And and everyone I've talked to who covers the ACC said you can you can feel the weight on those guys, on Tony Elliott, on what it's been to that program to have to walk around because everyone else comes to football for an escape dad. We deal with this all the time, and sometimes even for players, but there's that reality for so many people that have played on teams that there are things that happen that you can't run from and can't avoid because they happen to you within the context of what's supposed to be the safe space for everybody else. And Virginia has found a way yeah. to keep plugging through this. They've lost some really close, brutal games. They were open 0-5 this season, three of those five losses by three points or less so congratulations to tony elliott and that Cavaliers team for overcoming all these odds and getting the first real marquee win of his coaching tenure there great win but just an incredibly sad story completely agree with you my first team's going to tyson badgett the quarterback for the chicago bears hey i mean what what now not crazy numbers but still 21 to 29 162 yards not a ton of yards no turnovers did not turn the ball over this guy, again, from Shepherd University, a Division II school, where, by the way, he threw for 159 touchdowns and 17,000 yards. Nobody, Everybody had to look up the college. He comes in and gets to win. I cover them next week when they play the Rams. We'll see if Justin Fields is back. Great note there. His dad is a 28-time arm wrestling world champion. How you cool is that? That makes a lot of sense when we yeah. realize we're dealing with one of the first high-profile tatted white boys playing quarterback. Ha, <laughs> ha. 